Miss Tiffany has it today. She's smiling now, but probably not later. <laughs> no, she's a teacher. She can handle it. Just good morning again, everyone. As uh, Brother Steve already mentioned, that uh, Brother Kyle's away. He'll be back this afternoon. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm aware today um, our hearts are hurting. Um, not... Uh, not going to deny that. Our hearts are hurting this morning. Um, our family lost a, a dear family member yesterday. Um, when a whole church calls you poppy, <laughs> you know you're loved. Some of y'all may not even know his first name, honestly, and that's a good thing. But uh, poppy went home to be with the Lord yesterday, and... Uh, and I know we're all hurting and uh, probably a little numb this morning. Um, so I'm going to be very quick uh, this morning. Um, doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Whenever you open God's word and you seek God's word, he always speaks to you. I'm a big believer in that. So God has given us this time this morning to open his word and do just that, to seek him. So I pray that's what we do. Um, I titled the, today's sermon, and it's always hard for me to do, but it's called The Window to the Heart. Window to the Heart. I told Bailey a few minutes ago as she read my title, and she said, she said that sounds like an 80s love song, Dad. Um, could be, I guess. I could kind of hear Journey, I guess, I'm in the background singing something like that. Um, but there you go. Bailey always comes right to you and speaks the truth to you. Um, but window to the heart. Um, we're going to be in the book of Mark here in just a few minutes, uh, chapter 12. Um, been an inter interesting week for me. I'm not trying to put attention on me. Um, that's not what I do when I'm behind the sacred desk. But it's been a very interesting week for me. Um, Brother Kyle asked me about a month ago, to, uh, um, excuse me, a few weeks ago, that um, he, he was probably going to need me this weekend to preach. Um, originally I told him no. I was like, uh, we got Colin's um, bachelor dinner and we were supposed to go deep sea fishing um, and that was canceled yesterday. Uh, yesterday. We're going to try to reschedule that. So I told him, I was like, I got, you just got too much going on um, and uh, see if you can find somebody else. Um, well, he did. Um, he found someone else and on Wednesday he called me. And he's like, hey, the, the guy had uh, scheduled to preach. He had to cancel on me um, for a very good reason. I won't go into that, but he had to cancel. He said, so I really need you to preach this Sunday um, if you can. So I, I, I then told him, I was like, well, yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'll preach um, because um, the, the fishing trip was canceled. So I'm probably going to have a little bit more time on Saturday than I thought. So I went back to these scriptures and Mark, and I started studying them a little bit more, realizing that I was probably going to preach today. And on Friday, I, me, Bill Crawford, I decided I'm not going to preach those verses that God gave me about a month ago. And uh, wrestle with God. I don't recommend that at all. <laughs> I'll go ahead and tell you, he wins all the time. 
But I wrestled with him and fought with him and told him, you know, this is what how, how it needs to, to what needs to happen. And so we wrestled and we wrestled and I struggled. And then and then yesterday came, and we all lost Poppy. And uh, and I was reflecting on the verses that God told me to preach, you know, weeks ago, and that I told him I wasn't going to preach these these verses. And these verses actually are a perfect picture of Poppy. I'm not making this up. Blew my mind. I called Steve, or he called me, and we had church for about 45 minutes on the phone, just exchanging things and, and going back and forth. And, and God said, nope, you're going to preach those verses. So I, I went back in through those verses and dove in, started reading. And before all of this, I didn't have a peace about them. But as of yesterday, I had total peace. So um, this is not going to be all about Poppy. It's not going to be a funeral sermon. If he were here today, he would actually tell me not to say anything from the pulpit about him. Y'all do know that. He loved to be unnoticed. That's what I love about him. So turn with me to the book of Mark. Chapter 12, going to read 38 through 44. Give you a few seconds. It may be on the screen, I'm not sure. So verse uh, 38 goes like this. Then he said to them in his teaching, Beware of the scribes who desire to go around in long robes, love greetings in the marketplaces, the best seats in the, uh, in the synagogues, the best places at feast. Focus on this. Speaking of the, the scribes, who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers, these will, have, these will receive greater condemnation. Now Jesus sat opposite of the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which was a quandrons. So he called his disciples back over to himself. When Jesus calls you over to himself, you better pay attention. He calls them over to himself. He said, Surely I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For, <clears throat> for they all put in out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. We see a very interesting situation uh, going on here in Mark. We see Jesus first condemning what we call leaders of scribes. He describes them as they wore long robes, they were devout, they were noted scholars. These same men, these scribes, they loved people greeting them in the marketplace. They had the best seats in the, at the synagogues. They had the best seats at the feast. Then Jesus hits it. He says to them, but they devour widows' houses for their own, in a sense, greedy desires. They devour widows' houses for their own greedy desires. 
I love how Jesus will stop you in your tracks every now and then, and he'll go straight to your heart. You ever had a moment like that? Like you're just kind of going along, everything's wonderful, whatever. It could be ups and down times, but sometimes Jesus will stop you in your tracks, and he will go straight to the heart. And this is what he was doing here. He, he wanted them, um, uh, uh, he wanted his disciples to, to learn something here. So he says, but these, these same people, they devour widows' houses for their own greedy desires. We look at first, uh, verse 41, and it says, Now Jesus sat opposite of the treasury. Mm. Very interesting. Very interesting. But then... It says, Jesus, he said, opposite of the treasury. Now, this sermon is not about tithing. Uh, we can't really see where Jesus is, is trying to teach on tithing. We don't even really know or understand that Jesus was upset with the rich or he was, um, he was proud of the poor. We, we just see him simply stating what was going on at this time. But we see Jesus sitting opposite of the treasury. What if Jesus saw your offering every week? Hmm. Right? What if Jesus, he was, he's in his scripture, he says he's sitting opposite of the treasury, so he's looking what's going on. But just a challenge, encouragement. What would, what would Jesus see in your life? As he saw what these, these rich and this, this poor widow was doing. What would he see in your life? If he was sitting opposite of the treasure here. Every Sunday. That's just kind of free. I'm not going to charge you for that one. You can get mad at me later. But God told me to, to say that. But let's move on. So as we continue in verse 41. So what did Jesus see that day? He saw two things. He saw one thing, one of those two things. He saw the rich put in much. Says it in the word. He says the, the rich were coming in. They were putting in much. Now these treasuries that he's talking about, it, it consisted of 13 sort of trumpet-shaped funnels in a sense. And they sat on the wall. And people would come in and they would put their... Their, their offerings into these separate trumpet things, sort of like offering plates. If we had 13 here, that's sort of kind of what it looked like. And they would put their, their, their offering in for different reasons. I came up with some, something, uh, and, and so we, maybe we can understand it a little bit, little bit better here if we kind of relate it to our church that we would have a plate for our Jerusalem fund, or we'd have a plate for our OOC fund, or we would have a plate for our children's fund, or we'd have a plate for our youth fund. And people would put into these different receptacles as they were, they were giving their offering. But what Jesus saw that day, he saw the rich put in much, and then he saw this poor widow put in very little. And then we come to verse 42. As this whole scene continues to sort of play out. We come to verse 42. And this, this widow walks up. 
And, she, and she's probably not seen by anybody at this point in time but Jesus. This widow walks up. Let's rewind just a second. That same widow may have benefited from people coming to the temple and put it in their treasury at one point in time. But we see her walk up and she puts in two mites. She puts in a, a, a copper coin, which was the smallest denomination of, 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 of money used in that, during that time. And she just drops this in. And Jesus is, is, is watching all of this. Like I said, he is sitting opposite of the treasury, and he's watching all of this unfold. I wonder what was going through the rich's mind. I wonder what was going through this widow's mind. Realizing that Jesus was physically sitting there watching their actions. If we would realize in our day and time and our walk with God that Jesus physically, I mean, he, he, he watches our actions, our day in and day out, our actions. Would our actions be different? I don't know what was going through the rich mind and, and this poor widow's uh, mind knowing that Jesus was sitting right there opposite of watching them do this thing. But that's what he noticed. This poor widow, she puts in two mites, a copper coin. If you fast forward to the end of 44, it said, Jesus said, her whole livelihood. And then we go to verse 43, and Jesus again calls his disciples to himself. And once again, he goes straight to the heart. He said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. He simply tells them, We see what just took place. What happened here? I don't know how long this took. It may have only taken about two minutes. It may have taken 30 seconds. But the impact that it, that, that, that it has is still impacting us today. Those few minutes. And he says, he brings them over there. And he says, this poor widow has put in more than all who have given to the treasury. For they put out, in verse 44, they put out, uh, put out, um, put in out of their abundance. But she out of her poverty, put in all that she had. She put in all her livelihood. What, a powerful, what powerful verses are placed right here in the book of Mark. Because it doesn't seem like these verses fit right here in the book of Mark. It's almost like you're saying, are you sure that you shouldn't have placed that somewhere else? Because if you rewind and go back some verses, some chapters in the book of Mark, and then you fast forward and read ahead, it doesn't make sense why these few verses are right here. At Jesus' point in life right now, he is in the last few days of his life. He's in the last few days of his life. Many scholars believe this was the Wednesday before Good Friday. So he's in his last few days of his life. 
So he's talking about, before these verses, destruction. And after these verses, he talks about destruction. And then you, you keep reading the book of Mark. And then he's betrayed. And it goes on and on. And you know the Easter story. But right now, in these few verses, here's where Jesus is. Like I said, scholars believe it's the Wednesday before Good Friday. But I couldn't help to think about Poppy when I read about this widow. Man, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Just hit me like a ton of bricks yesterday. Just couldn't help but thinking about him. And even Steve said, you could actually take out the one poor widow and you could put Poppy's name in there. Couldn't you? I'm not talking bad about him because he didn't have a whole lot. We all know where he stood in that arena. But I just couldn't help thinking about Poppy when I read about these verses. I know I know why I struggled so much throughout the week before everything unfolded yesterday. You know, Poppy didn't have much. I can say one thing. He was up here every day working for the Lord. What a testimony. What an encouragement. You know, Poppy wouldn't want you to feel bad, but as I did myself thinking about his life, I felt kind of bad about my life. I was like, wow, my man was up here in his 90s, working every day, didn't have much, but he's up here working, fixing things. I got to the point where every time he would come to me, he said, Bill, I need a deacon's decision. I would say, go fix it. He wouldn't even, I didn't, he goes, I haven't told you what's broke. I said, just go fix it. Just go fix it. It's okay. Just go fix it. But working up here every day, building something. My encouragement, my challenge, what about you? What about me? You know? Do a little inventory. I'm famous for saying do a little inventory on your life. But what about us? You know? What does God see when he looks across, when he's sitting opposite of us? What does he look at in our lives? That's, that's something that you can only answer. So in closing, you know, Jesus, he does have a window to our hearts. He sees everything. That's scary and encouraging all together. He sees everything. He has a window to our hearts. One question I want to leave you with, what is Jesus seeing in your heart when he looks at the window to your heart? What is he seeing in your life? What is he seeing? Let's all stand. With heads bowed, eyes closed, as always, we're going to open up this altar. If you have a need, you'd like to come down and pray, please do so. You don't have to wait for the music. We have people already coming. If you're in need of anything, this altar is always open. The ultimate question, if you are sitting in this congregation and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're not saved, just please come down, talk to me, talk to I'll, I'll stay all afternoon if it, if it takes that. 
If you want to talk to someone about your salvation, you may be coming here. You've been going to this church all your life, and you know, you say, I, I know I'm not saved. I just pray that um, you would uh, make today the day of salvation. So let's all pray together as people are here at the altar already. And just pray that God will move.